Hey, hey, welcome to Mormon Transitions. Uh, in this episode, I want to talk a little bit about the pain of the person transitioning. You know, a lot of times the stereotype is, hey, if you leave a given faith, you're doing it out of sin, you're doing it out of, hey, I'm just too lazy, I'm too tired. There's so much work. It's like the work never stops, you know? And it's like... You know, it's kind of like stereotypical of a Jack Mormon of, yeah, they're just going to stop because, you know, they're offended or something. And so people assimilate that as also a faith transition when it's not. Um, People that are what's termed as Jack Mormons aren't changing their faith, per se. They're stopping attending church uh, for one reason or other. You know, they may have been... You know, who knows what, you know? It could just be that they haven't attended church for a long time. Um, They don't, you know, they don't feel like they fit in or whatever. You know, there could be all number of reasons, you know, and that's for Jack Mormon to answer. And they may not like that terminology. They may not consider themselves a Jack Mormon. They may consider themselves active if they go, you know, every few months or whatnot. So, um, you know apologies on the Jack Mormon part because that's not something that I've experienced. I have pretty much always been active, you know, in my life. So, um, the, but as far as the transitioner, the person transitioning away from the faith, it is not something that you're like, yes, I knew it wasn't true, you know, and it's like, hey, this is great because their whole foundation falls apart all the scaffolding all the structure of the building or of their soul has been based upon this construct of what's true what's God's truth and trying to be a good person and living according to that truth and someone stepping away doesn't mean that they abandon the moral the morals that they you know, have chosen and that they love, you know, doesn't mean that all of a sudden they're evil people. And those that are transitioning away, they, I haven't met someone that is just like evil. And it's not like, hey, oh yeah, only pedophiles leave the church or hey, only criminals leave the church. A lot of times criminals don't leave the church and they stick to it. Uh, You know, I was talking to a a uh, guy that used to work for the FBI, he would, I'd ride a car, a pulling van with him, and and he talked about how oftentimes as a FBI agent, you were hauling in state presidents or bishops because of financial fraud or whatnot, and, you know, he'd hear things like, hey, can we hold off on the arrest until, you know, after my daughter's wedding, you know? I want to be able to be there for my daughter, and this is just, you know, going to be really embarrassing. Can we just wait till then? You know, it's like, hey, let's just ignore the fact that I, I don't have any, you know, honesty in my, to my core. But you know, let me at least keep pretending for my family. You know, and um, so it's it's a huge contrast. You know, someone that has a faith transition, it's not something they want. I have not met a single person. Um, online or that I've read about or anything that is like 
yeah, dude, I just, you know, I, I wanted this to happen. My life wasn't happy, and so I started researching to see if it wasn't true. No, it's usually someone stumbled upon something, and they're just like, what the heck? They're like, this can't be true. They shove it on a shelf, you know, they keep going for a period of time, find something else, throw it on their shelf. And next thing you know, their shelf is piling up, and they're just not able to make any sense of it. There's so many different things that coincide that doesn't add up to them, that doesn't fit the narrative they grew up with or their experiences, whether spiritual or not. And they're just like, what in the world? And then they start researching. They go down the rabbit hole and they're just like, what in the world? What have, what have I got myself into? What, have, what do I belong to? But my family's part of it. How do I handle that? So let me just say for anybody that thinks that, hey, someone's just trying to escape or someone wants some other structure to belong to or to be holden to, you know, the Mormon people, the LDS people, they're great people. They are great people, you know, by far, you know, up and down as good of a Christian people as, as you can find in so many respects. Are there idiots and crap heads out there and everything else oh yeah you bet you bet there is but uh you know they're they're everywhere right and so what do you do when you're trying to maintain your faith and you're seeing great people around you but yet you're not able to do anything you know to restructure or reformulate Right? 
it's like you keep looking and you take things for a grain of salt and you're hoping hey i'm hoping that this is just misinformation i'm hoping that this is just one person's view of things they were ticked off at Joseph smith or whatever and uh hey i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give that credit but then when you see a gazillion other things going on that affects the character of your prophets, that affects truth claims left and right, what are you going to do? Right? What are you going to do? Are you going to say, oh, well, these are all coincidences? These are all of the devil, you know? And it's like, that's a choice you have to make, you know? And the thing is, is that I've spent four years now, four years, going closer, closer to probably four and a half since I first started looking at historical stuff, but it's been over four years where I'm just like, what in the world? I have to start looking for sources outside of the church. I have to start contemplating things that aren't true. I have to start wondering if the church is being deceitful and, and whitewashing things and not being up front, you know. And so, you know, without talking about specific truth claims, you know, and focusing mostly on, hey, this is the pain, let me emphasize this. My wife, this last week, confronted me for home church. She looked at me in the face and she said, you're either on board, fully on board, and you're willing to, you know, teach all the principles, all the teachings of the church, you know, as being true, or you're not, and you're out of here. She gave me an ultimatum. It's been a week, almost. And I haven't talked to her about it, but I don't see how I can say, yes, I'm going to fake it. I'm going to remain true to it. If there's something that I've held on to, it's like I've learned to value integrity. I've learned to value authenticity. And it's extremely painful that she won't look at anything and validate any concerns that I have, she thinks everything's a conspiracy theory. So, you know, she's very much in a visceral um, lizard type mind of fight and flight type thing, which, you know, I understand, I get it. Um, I used to be that way in many regards. But the reality is, is that I've got two kids that I'm losing, in a sense. That I don't get to see in the morning when I wake up, and I don't get to see when I go to bed, when they go to bed. And hey, I love my wife, you know. But at what? How can I live that way, living a lie, teaching my kids a lie, teaching my kids to be honest, when I don't feel like the church has been honest, when I don't feel like the foundation has been honest? The, fund, the foundation, the early days of the church. So what do I do? Do I just keep living a lie?
you know, I, I contemplate that some general authorities, that's what they're doing. You know, there's a comment of stay in the boat. Where will you go? And it's like, well, <laughs> if the boat's sinking and has holes all over the place, why stay in the boat? Because the boat's not sound and sturdy. And it's painful because in many ways I want to stay in the boat. You know, I sent a message to my state president saying, hey, I want to be able to take my family and worship in church. I need more stuff about Christ's teachings and the Savior in the meetings. I need less about obedience and covenants. Not that that's not important, but I need more about love because love is what changes. Love is what changes one's heart when you go to Christ, right? So, you know, trying to put on a Christian mindset and talking to my state president and having had that narrative for 40 years, you know, I very much still have a, a construct of Jesus Christ. I haven't fully abandoned that, but, um, but at the same time, I don't know, I, I can't say anything is true or anything is false. It's all based on faith. And previously, my faith was, hey, this is, this we know. We saw angels. We had plates. We did this. We did that. We know the surety, you know? And everything is based on faith, and there's been a lot of deception, so it's like, I don't know what to think. So, I'm not trying to throw out the baby with the bathwater, but at the same time, I don't know if there's a baby. And I'm not trying to throw anything out. I'm trying to see what's there and what makes sense and what's true. You know, I don't know what's in the bathtub. I assume there's water. I assume there's a baby. But right now, I don't know what it's what. You know, it may just be a baby doll. One of those creepy, scary ones in the movie, right? Just kidding. Um, so, the, the pain's real. It is tearing families apart. And local leaders don't have a clue in the world what to do to try to keep them together. LDS Social Services Therapist uh, gave her experience that she doesn't know anyone that stayed together. They've either both left, both couples have left the church, or they've gotten a divorce. And after 14 months of my wife knowing, to me it looks like right now it's heading towards divorce. And I don't want that. I don't want to lose my family. I don't want to be painted as the bad guy. Everyone's going to assume, oh, he must have committed adultery, you know, or, oh, he must be looking at pornography, right? <laughs> he must be evil. No, I just can't resolve stuff. And then there's literals in church that are being taught that just don't add up. And it's like, I just want a safe place. Can we focus on love? Can we focus on teachings of Christ? You want to teach repentance, I'm all about that. I'm all about change. But don't go and tell me that, you know, that coffee and tea is bad and the enzyme and, and talks and, you know, news bulletins and stuff when, you know, someone's drinking Red Bull left and right, right? And they, <laughs> they can go and get silk for their family and someone else can't or something to that effect. 
it's like pick your poison right and the thing is is that like word of wisdom it doesn't say it's a commandment in the scriptures but leaders haven't changed the canon but yet they've changed over time that it is a commandment but originally it wasn't given a commandment but they've never said hey thus saith the lord it is now a commandment and it's like okay well now we should be changing it now thus saith the lord you know that uh, caffeine is bad for you all around <laughs> why not you trying to tell me a diet coke isn't worse than coffee uh, you know and it's like we can justify things left and right but I mean what someone downs four 64 ounce big gulps of you know diet coke in a day compared to someone having a cup of coffee a day and the cup of coffee is more of a yeah it's a traditional type thing it's not a yeah I've got to have my 20 cups of coffee right um it's just ridiculous it just doesn't make sense so my point isn't to talk about truth claims it's about the fact that I love the church I love the teachings I love the narrative and now I can't sustain the narrative I can't reconstruct the narrative and it's a uh, hey you're either evil by not you know keeping all your covenants and staying on board or you're good and you're going to you know repent and start believe you know believing everything that comes out of the prophet's mouth regardless if you believe it or not i mean how can i lie about stuff right how can i put my kids through that so um, it's painful. I mean, I'm losing my family. You know how many cuss words I've said out loud, screaming to myself, and just bawling as I hold my child in my arms, putting them to sleep? What the hell? You know, the church used to have a campaign of family first. The family's not first. The family is not first. You know, and people may be saying, hey, my, my wife, you know, she's just, she just doesn't get the gospel. That's not how it's supposed to be. She shouldn't be that way. She should be giving you space. And I say, bull crap, don't blow me, blame it on my wife. This narrative came from the church. There's been lots of people that have had spouses that are just like, hey, it's either this way or the highway. I can't live in a mixed faith marriage. I can't live with my spouse, you know, not wearing garments, not going to the temple with me, not being still to my kids, not baptizing my children, you know, and on and on. So what's it going to be, right? What's it going to be? Um, anyway, so my, my thought to you is that if you not experienced a faith transition I would suggest listen I would suggest finding compassion I would suggest not to judge I would suggest to mourn you may not know how to mourn but mourn because the pain of 
your family? Why didn't you talk to your friends? Why did you wait three years to talk to the leaders? They could have helped you. But the more I digged and the more I digged in the first six months, the more I found you can't really talk to anybody. Because they clam up. They get into this visceral reaction of, of fight or flight. You know? Like, in some state presidencies or bishoprics, they would have been like, dude, you're a apostate. bunch of crap you know I can't as much as I'd like to teach on Sunday and give a lesson about charity or about the pure love of Christ or about some of the teachings of our Savior I, I can't do it when it's talking about stuff that I can't resolve and there's a lot of stuff I can't resolve. And it's not about praying. You know, I, I told my stake president to stop asking me to pray and to ask for repentance and, you know, to start paying my tithing. It's not about obedience. God does not leave you because you stop paying your tithing. Spirit doesn't leave you because you stop paying your tithing. Spirit doesn't leave you because you masturbated at one point or that you looked at pornography. You may have left God to some degree and haven't felt worthy, but when you realize that that's a bunch of crap and that shame is not how God works and that shame and guilt actually holds you back from repairing yourself and fixing yourself on the inside. You're, you're not going to get better with the shame and guilt. And, you know, don't go and assume that, hey, they're just evil. They're just a bunch of crap. I have been more worthy than I've ever been in my whole life. I have not objectified women like I did when I was a fully believing member. And as much as I knew objectification was wrong,
freak out on me if she keeps, you know, if I just be completely authentic, she'd be freaking out on me. Um, be safe, be kind, love one another, and uh, it's going to be alright. If you're going through a phase transition, it's going to be alright. Breathe, process it. In the moment when you're at the worst, wait for the next day for a better day. And if it's not a better day, wait for the next day. Just keep trying. There's many of us out there that are there for you if you need us. Many of us. Uh, if you need podcasts to listen to, if you need support, I recommend Natasha Helfa Parker. I recommend um, John DeLynn. I recommend so many. Um, Bill Real. I recommend. Um, recommend myself. I don't have a lot of availability because of my mixed faith marriage. I barely have time to do a podcast with that. But email me. Um, message me on Facebook. Comment if you can. Um, feel free to reach out. You're not alone. And you're loved. There's a hill community uh, out there that loves you. Be safe. Be kind. Love you.